So they meet back at the barn. Um, and everyone gives Marco shit for not telling them about this morphing problem that he has. Uh, I really like the detail that Rachel mm-hmm. begins to give him shit. Uh, but then Marco's like, Rachel, weren't you like hiding shit from us when you had the morphing allergy? Um, and Rachel's just like, mm, maybe I'll let someone else yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> It's just as a lively in character interaction. Uh-huh. Mm, yes, good. <laughs> um, they ask Axe what is going on, and Axe is like, uh, "We know the morphing process requires focus and concentration. I have heard of cases in which emotional distress has negatively affected morphing ability." Um, and Cassie's like, maybe the problems you're having with your dad is bothering you more than you think, which is like, Cassie, <laughs> you gonna read him like that in front of everybody else? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> which Jake is fucking pissed and you can tell because Jake's like, what? problem like what is the problem with your dad and marco's like oh he's dating and jake says that's it we already know that so is that the reason you're morphing into surf and turf um and cassie's like jake marco's mom may not be dead even if she were dead she only died like a month ago hey jake don't be a dick uh and jake's like Oh, right. Um, why didn't you say something before, Marco? I'm your best friend. Yikes, Jake. Um, mm, and then Marco's like, eh, it's not a big thing. Um, he's trying to laugh it off. Hey, I figure she'll go away eventually. How long can she possibly stand me? And it's just sort of like, Marco, baby boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this is your brand, but I hate it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Bless Axe, who then is trying to understand everything. He's yeah. like, are you saying that your father is considering taking this woman as a new mate? And Cass like, yeah, you could put it that way. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> and then Axe is like, ah, perhaps your father is young and restless. <laughs> Those who are young and restless frequently change mates. Okay, first thing, we smash Axe's TV. Because <laughs> Axe did have, like, Axe was the one who brought up, like, Oprah when they were talking uh-huh. about, it's just like, like, oh, this kid watches so much bad TV. Yeah, yeah. And he's learned a lot from it. Like, Yeah, more than the kids have taught him. Uh-huh. Um, I I just I really love how Young and the Restless is one of his favorite fucking TV shows. <laughs> it's it's so good. It gives me life. <laughs> um. Uh, Cassie suggests he talk to a professional. Uh, um. Jake's like, the problem is that Marco isn't able to morph, so we can't have you go on missions. Um, and Marco's just like, look, it's not a problem. I've just had a lousy few weeks. I'll get over it. Cassie says, talk to a therapist, maybe? And Marco's like, are you listening to yourself? (laughs) Um, 
And Cassie's like, all right, well, sure, fine. You can't talk to a therapist, but we are your friends. You can, in fact, talk to us. Uh, keeping stuff locked inside is what makes you get so stressed. And Marco, uh, is, says the thing that I think a lot of people would say, which is, Cassie, everyone has problems. Axe is the only member of his species within a trillion miles who's not a controller. You're a pacifist who spends half her time battling aliens. Jake is just a dumb jock trying to play General Eisenhower. Rachel is about three millimeters away from morphing permanently into the Terminator. And oh, by the way, Tobias is a bird who lives in a tree and eats mice for breakfast. We all have problems. We are not exactly the poster children for Mental Health Week. You are, but not in the way that you think. <laughs> um, I do appreciate that Jake's immediate reaction is dumb jock, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and Marco says, the point is, we're all hanging on by our fingernails. What right do I have to go nuts? And Cassie says, as much right as anyone. Uh, and Marco says, yeah, well, that's not much, okay? We have things to do. I just need to get a grip, is all. And I have Benny LaFontaine Felix. Every damn day. Every damn day of my life. Um, the fact that Richard managed to replicate almost mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> this conversation. It's between real quietly Benny and Adrian is like, mm -hmm. mm, love it. It's a feast for me specifically. <laughs> uh, for those who don't listen to Dumb Kids Playing Hero, Richard plays the strategist, as we've mentioned before. Uh, and our heart attempted to get him to open up. And Benny was just like, no, I can't do that. Uh, everything is fucked. And if I do that, things just get more fucked. So I don't. Uh -huh. Fun fact, uh, our strategist has the traumas of haunted and unstable. So, you know, it's a fun combo. Just Marco things. Leads to some real interesting plans, <laughs> as, uh, as the dumb kids listeners are currently discovering. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Jake basically is like, all right. Uh, everyone go home, catch up on homework. Marco, don't morph anything. Uh, so Marco walks home. Um, when he gets home, he is immediately <laughs> very concerned Sorry. because. Hmm? Oh, no, I just remembered what came up next. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marco's immediately very concerned because the lights are off in the house. Uh, his dad's car is in the garage with the garage door open, and there is a strange car parked in the driveway. Um, and Marco, being traumatized, immediately thinks that this is the Yerks. Um, so he goes to, like, he, he silently enters the front door, um, and is immediately attacked by a tiny, violent, barking yelling thing uh spoiler alert it's euclid it's the tiny toy poodle um it 
like is jumping at him. It's uh, <clears throat> it's jumping at him. It's uh, like slamming its feet into his stomach. It's biting at his ankles, tearing at his clothes. Yeah, this dog hates him. Yeah, this this dog really hates him. Um, and you know, to his credit, like he's basically just trying to shield himself. Like he doesn't lash out at this dog. Um, mm. which I think is good and important. Um, uh, and then Marco hears his father's voice, um, where he is <laughs> sitting on the couch with Nora. Um, Mrs. Robinette was sitting on the couch too. They were sitting very close. In fact, Mrs. Robinette was more sitting on my dad than the couch. My dad jumped to his feet. His face was almost as red as the lipstick smeared across it. Um, the dog does not stop attacking Marco, even when, uh, Nora attempts to tell it to stop and be quiet, uh, because spoiler alert, this dog is not trained at all. Um, the dog keeps barking. It only stops when Marco, like, picks it up, tucks it like a football, and starts to acquire it. Which is just... Genius. <laughs> it's genius and really funny. Yes. Um... And, uh, as soon as the dog kind of- like, oh, she, he does like you. Yeah. <laughs> and Marco's just like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Marco's dad is very sheepish. Uh, he's like, like we're going to be back later. <laughs> you're usually out very late with Jake, which is a very sad statement in its own way. Um, uh, there is something really endearing to me about like Peter being so enraptured with mm -hmm. this woman that they've taken their separate cars back to his house and he hasn't even bothered to shut the garage door mm -hmm. or turn any lights on mm -hmm. and has just started making out on the couch like teenagers. That's very yeah, cute. It is. It is. And I can understand exactly why as a child one would be utterly repulsed by this. Yes. Yes. Um, Marco's just kind of like on autopilot. He doesn't know what to do with the situation. The dog wakes from the trance. He goes, he drops to the floor and immediately like grabs hold of Marco's jeans and tries to pull. Um, <laughs> Euclid, Mrs. Robinette yelled. You know, Marco, Euclid does send stress. Are you feeling stressed? Like, <laughs> fuck you know. uh, and I do a print mark of just like I'm going to bed yeah <laughs> has to go upstairs you could the entire time mm -hmm. hassling him and eventually just gets up to his room and like has to pick you could up and put them outside and shut the door yep yep and they just bark continues barking at him yep uh but Marco doesn't pay any attention anymore. He basically hooks up his PlayStation, hooks up his headphones to the TV, and turns the volume up as loud as he can stand it. Um, which is just... I really like this chapter. Uh, it's good. It, it simultaneously shows a lot of things from, like, 
the kids' continued trauma that something different at home immediately sets off all of their alarm bells. Um, like the, <clears throat> like you said, the, the kind of happy new relationship that Peter and Nora are experiencing. Um, the just inherent sadness of, oh, you're usually out all the time, so we didn't think that you would be home and catch us. Uh, to, like, the relatable, extreme cringe slash anger slash sadness that seeing your father make out with someone new. Um, to just the way that Marco, like, this dog terrorizes him, and Marco never once acts violently towards it. Um... Like, he's described as gently unhooking the dog's jaws from his jeans. Mm. Uh, and... Also, like, Nora Robinette might be the nicest person in the world, but if my dog was doing that to somebody on the regular, yeah, I'd, A, maybe stop bringing my fucking dog around, um, and two, intervene. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, uh, that's shitty dog ownership. Yes, it's an uh, it, unfortunately all too common. Mm. Um, but especially when you see how well Marco handles it from his point, like he's always mm -hmm. being gentle, and like he also isn't like. I assume this is a deliberate, like, contrast to how we saw Tennant acting. He doesn't get angry at the mm -hmm. dog mm -hmm. at all. He says, the dog hates me. Um, might be a sign about his self-loathing that he doesn't, like, question that the dog hates him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he's always incredibly, just, okay, fine, and just, like... He's get he's getting to breaking point. Is picking the dog up and acquiring a morph just so it'll go into trance for two minutes. Yeah, yeah, and be quiet. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it's a trick that only works once. <laughs> Alas, Alas. Um. But yeah, it's uh, I just I really like this chapter. Um, it's very good. It also says something. Um. Marcus, he's like, for all that he's conflicted, and when directly asked by Peter about things, he's sort of reticent, but like, he doesn't resent Nora for it. Mm -hmm. And he isn't complaining to his dad about it. Yeah. Because he sees how happy his dad is, yeah. and he wants his dad to be happy. Yeah. Like, he, he talks about how. Um, you know, if he were a better son, then he would reassure his dad and blah, 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 blah. And like, that's not, that's not that's, how that should work. Exactly. Like he, he's the thinking, child. Exactly. He's thinking that way because he's so used to taking care of his dad. And so like, he yeah. thinks that he should be reassuring his dad in this moment when like, he, he is going above and beyond just by being like, uh, 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 not polite, accommodating. Yes, accommodating, like politely supportive. 
you know, like, I, I, I don't want to talk about this with you, but you seem happy. Sure. You're good. Just like, <laughs> I'm not going to try to interfere with this. I'm not, he's not being like the stereotypical angry teenager going up and slamming his door kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Like he's not yelling at his dad. He's not doing any of those things. Um, because like to his credit, he can recognize like this person makes my dad happy and basically more than anything i want my dad to be happy the only thing i want more than that is for my family to be back together but i don't really think that that's gonna happen so my dad being happy is all i can get like mm-hmm. this poor kid also yeah there's also the um that's suppose it's a double-edged sword in that regard but if his dad is happy and has a girlfriend slash partner he's going to pay less attention to Marco. Mm-hmm. So it makes lo- Marco's life easier. Yep. And the thought cast me, as I say, there's, oh, well, hey, Marco could think, like, well, if something happens to me, at least my dad won't be alone. Mm-hmm. Real easier to get more cavalier about uh, that kind of thing when that's the mentality you have. Yep. Uh it, yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, you really feel for him. Uh, yeah. Like, I know I am not even remotely this accommodating to my father and his girlfriend. Like. <laughs> uh, it just really speaks to his Marco's perspective. Um. Uh, we cut to the mission. Um, and the mission that they're on is n- not a very smart one. Um, well, this it, it, is, it, it is, it is, and it, it isn't. isn't. <laughs> what do we call what is it is this contingent on many factors is it bold or daring <laughs> um to quote the mechanics of a certain uh game system <laughs> but like it's a creative idea yes yes but it's also like this is buck wild mm-hmm. this is the sort of thing where i would like that that okay i tell you what it's a very 13 year olds planned this plan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this feels like yeah it's it's a bit silly i say it's a bit silly it's a lot silly <laughs> um so basically the plan is to uh crash this awards ceremony and the kids are going to be cockroaches uh in his food so he freaks out in front of a bunch of people mm-hmm. that's it that's the plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh they're gonna sneak in uh marco's gonna make sure they can get to where they need to go because axe can't be trusted in human morph around food as mm-hmm. has been proven mm-hmm. he's pouty about this and it's very cute yep um uh i i've not worked I oh, know I've I've done catering work at like big events. 
way too real some of this to be clear <laughs> but there is also like a sous chef with a bad french accent yes so <laughs> uh yeah so so they all morph roach um and they make their way to the kitchen of this place um they get into the kitchen and they realize how are we going to figure out which salad is tenants and marco who this entire time is trying to like prove that he is good to be here um like marco is like all right it's fine i can take care of this um and he leaves smart. it's very smart uh he demorphs finds a uh, uniform of one of like the busboys um, walks into the kitchen picks up the roaches that are his friends um, and He's goes over out by it still yes I mean naturally <laughs> uh, the the feeling of insect legs on your skin uh, tends to activate the the lizard brain um, <laughs> so props <laughs> to him um and uh he goes over to where the dude is preparing the salads um and is like well which uh william roger tennant the guest of honor at this banquet doesn't want tomatoes on his salad uh so make one of the salads without tomatoes um and he like takes the tomato-less salad um, deposits his roach friends into the salad, puts the salad up on a shelf, and basically says, like, look, that salad is tenants. Nobody else. Um, I will say, this, he does get on the wrong side of this guy, and this is going to have implications for Marco for the rest of the time they are at this <laughs> function. <laughs> um, because it's like, so, hey, you the salad guy? <laughs> the what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> the salad guy, the guy who makes salads. You mean the garde manger? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> um, and it's just this this guy is not having it. Yeah. Um, but it's very funny. Yeah. It's as much as as much as the silliness is kind of uh tonally uh dissonant to the other stuff that's happening, it's also just like on its own, it's extremely good. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, and uh, again, this is one of those moments where I don't know if the implications were particularly thought through, but like Marco as a Latino kid, mm. just like nobody questioning this. Real, like we taught, he, Marco is short and looks his age, uh huh, as well. But like, and so many people are rude to him. Mm -hmm. as well but also like he's savvy enough to know nobody's also going to question his presence there mm -hmm. so yeah just that awareness yep um but uh things go bad for marco when it's time for him to go into morph he's going to go uh wolf spider so he can go hang out with the guys and like drop down into the salad bowl with the rest of them and go hang mm -hmm. out mm-hmm Here's where we meet Spider Skunk. Yes. <laughs> Who's great? 
Is it a, is it a spink? Is it a spunk? I don't. don't no, no, please don't ever use the word spunk. <laughs> Bad word. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, a skider. A skider. That was it. A skider or a spunk. Or a scooter. Uh, a scooter. S k u d e r. Scooter. Um. So he he comes out he thinks that he has morphed a spider but he's not fully spider uh he's part skunk and everybody sees him and they're all like oh my god what is that thing kill it with fire yeah uh eight (laughs) little fluffy skunk legs with skunk paws Mm -hmm. uh it's like basically a bit bigger than a spider um skunk paws skunk legs third the size of a regular skunk with the tail, but a wolf spider's pincer-like mouth. Oh, and all of the eyes. Yeah. All ten of them. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, plus the two sk- skunk eyes, too. Yes, yes. Um. And he's getting talked to by the others, like, hey, Marco, how's it going? Yeah, it's fine, everything's fine. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, something go wrong with what? No, no, no problem. You know what? Not a good time to talk. <laughs> As somebody is trying to uh, shove at him with a broom, uh, he gets like his mouth crushed by this broom being shoved at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bad time. Yep. Uh, and a really hectic chase. It's very good um, in terms of like, it, like, 60% of it is just dialogue of all of the people around him talking to each other, trying to get him. Um, and to be fair, if I saw this creature, I would probably freak out a little too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm not arachnophobic, but there is something a little bit unsettling about how spiders move. Yes. Because of, like, the eight legs and how quickly they move. Yes. It's so very different to the sort of bipedal or quadrupedal movements we're really using. Even, like, beetles, like, crawl in, Mm -hmm. but they don't really move much otherwise. Mm -hmm. Spiders, you don't know what direction they're going in. (laughs) So if I saw something the size of, what, a hand, Mm -hmm. but also looked like a skunk, I would be like, to be fair, I think I would close the door and walk away, <laughs> which is generally <laughs> how my attitude to spiders. Um, if uh, it's not my place, it's just like, I'm just going to close the door and hope it lets itself back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Marco's way out of this is ballsy as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets into the toilets. um, he realizes he's he wants to try and uh, do a skunk spray, but he doesn't have that aspect of the skunk. Um, the guys are trying to squash him are still talking, and <laughs> Marco uses thought speak, mm-hmm. uh, and just like, yeah, I'm the one you're trying to kill, and you're like, yeah, I'm a half talking, half skunk, half spider, a skider. I'm not repeating the other word he says. Um, and the guy, other guys are just like, this is weird. It's just like, it's going to get weirder if you don't drop the broom and turn around and walk away. <laughs> um, and the brigade's like, or what? 
Because her, her mug's like, you need to leave. And just like, just like otherwise I'm going to turn into a 10-foot monster and pop your heads off. <laughs> and then he starts demorphing. And because he's growing, it mm-hmm. works because these guys run. Um, he's able to demorph, uh, and then goes up to the kitchen, just like, I'm telling you, Marcel, there's a monster in there. We all saw it. <laughs> um, and clearly there's a Catholic in the group because like we live in the final days, fire and brimstone will rain down upon us. Some evangelical bullshit. And then, um, we have the maitre d' or the head chef, or it's possibly the salad guy. Um, cause we have... Idiots, I have a room full of guests out there. Do you think I have time for your stupid games? <laughs> um, it's annoying as hell. He even says comprene, which I don't think is the correct French. Either way, it's a phonetic spelling of a badly done French accent. Yes. So. Um, uh, no, Margo- Marcel is the head chef. I think. Yes. Yes. Um, or the sous chef, because the head chef isn't normally the one yelling at people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco demorphs to human, and he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to make sure that they get to their destination by serving the salad myself. This is fine. Everything's fine. Um, uh, he goes out into the kitchen again uh, in his busboy uniform. Um, the salad guy <laughs> is like... What are you doing? Go. You have things to do. Um, Marcel notices that he's not doing anything uh, and is like, what are you doing standing around? Uh, And Marco's like, oh, I have to do things. Uh, And Marcel is like, oh, you need something to do? Empty the pig bucket, which is apparently uh, a garbage can near the dishwasher overflowing with uneaten food. The Basically, it's the trash can that they empty the plates off onto before they wash them. Um, and I've I, never heard that term before. I've never it. heard that term either. It's gross. Um, I, I like have had to clean out that bucket though. <laughs> so, uh, I like that the salad guy like is helping him a little bit. You know, like he's he's obviously seeing like, oh, this kid is maybe new, doesn't necessarily know what he's doing. And so he is saying like when Marco's like, what is a pig bucket? He's like, oh, it's that thing over by the sink, by the dishwasher. Um, The shovel's out back. Go or I'll call Marcel back. Um, But Marco goes and empties the pig bucket. It's gross. Um. And comes back into the kitchen and sees that all of the salads are gone. Uh, and he, to the salad guy, he's like, what happened to tenant's salad? And the salad guy's like, oh, it's gone. He can take the tomatoes off if he doesn't like them. Um, and so he, Marco goes off into the dining area to try to catch the salad. Can't find it. Um, goes over to a tenant to see if the tomato-less salad ended up in front of him, but it didn't. It ended up in front of, uh, Hanson, who's here for some yes, reason. Yes, that Hanson. 
They're also getting awarded, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and uh, the all of Hansen screams at the roaches in their salads, um, and all of the roaches split. Uh, Marco is able to save one of them from being squished. Uh, and they're all like, okay, that didn't work. It's time for plan B. I really, I really do like this quote from Tobias. Someday when this is all over, people will ask us about the war against the Yerks. Let's leave this part out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which like, this is especially funny because like the banquet continues. They found roaches in a salad, multiples of them, and the banquet continues. <laughs> mm-hmm. In what universe? Uh, plan B is for Axe and Marco to be busboys and to deliver the others as fleas into tenants to pay. Sure. Uh, Marco is made to empty the pig bucket again by Marcel. Uh, and by the time he gets back, uh, Axe, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Axe is soloing the mission. <laughs> Axe is soloing the mission. <laughs> Ma- Marco, Axe, it was Jake. Are you guys in place? I am here, Prince Jake, Axe replied. Where's Marco? He is cleaning up the pig bucket. <laughs> The one funny use of the bad French accent that I will allow. I will concede to Axe doing it because that's he's only heard that phrase in the French accent. So why would he assume it's said any different? Yep. Uh, uh, but the kids have remorphed as fleas and they're like, all right, well, if Marco isn't there, then it has to be you who does this thing. Marco, meanwhile, is listening to all of this as he is out in the alleyway uh, emptying out the pig bucket. Now, he can't talk back to them because he doesn't have thought speak like Axe does as a human. Um, <laughs> uh, you describe this as a comedy of errors, like or yeah. a farce, and it really is. Like, Marco gets stuck outside. Yes. The like the door to the kitchen slams, and he ends up having to go round the long way to get mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's running because uh, Jake is like, "All right, well, I guess if Marco is in here, it has to be you." Uh, X says, "I'm quite capable of this simple maneuver." Marco was merely concerned that I would go postal, but I have no mail. <laughs> God bless X. Um. And uh, Jake is like, all right, well, we're cl- clinging to the underside of the tablecloth. Uh, and Axe is able to get them as fleas onto his hand. Um, and uh, Jake is like, all right, well, now you have to get us to Tenant's head. Um, and Ma- Axe is like, I believe I can do so by performing as the other workers are performing. Um uh, because the other workers are removing the plates from the seated humans. Uh, and Jake says, 
okay, that's good. Just clean off the plates, Axe. Um, Marco, <laughs> running around the building. It's like, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yelling out loud, no, you idiot, don't tell him that. Don't say clean off. <laughs> He's yelling at the doorman. <laughs> uh, runs through the lobby. Uh, and Axe reports that the humans, the, the banqueters, are refusing to cooperate. Uh, Axe says, I am merely attempting to clean off their plates, and yet they are behaving in a hostile, aggressive manner. And Jake is, like, snapping at him, which... Yeah, because the kids can't see, because they're yeah. fleas, and we know fleas are basically blind. Like, they can sense heat, and that's it, really. Yep. Um. So Jake doesn't know what's going on, just that Axe is getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. Um, and bless... Uh, Marco is running, trying to get in there, because about three people down from ten was Axe. His face was covered in smeared orange Thousand Island dressing. Pieces of lettuce clung to his chin and decorated the front of his busboy jacket. As I watched in helpless horror, he reached for another plate. I do like the media nerd Marco doesn't know certain movies, because I read, like, what's his name in the bodyguard? Like, Glint Eastwood in that movie about the Secret Service. <laughs> That, I mean, that could be a typo because there are a couple in this mm -hmm. one, to be fair. Um, but doing like the full dive, mm -hmm. and it's just lordy. And Axe is still going, yep. meanwhile, yep. Uh, licking plates. And, th and he reaches for talents like this, and he's just like super casually just talking to us, like, soon it will be time to jump on the target, as if everything else is normal. Um, and he gets to Ted and Ted is like, I'm not quite done with it yet. You, know, you must give me the plate. And just shoves Tennant back down into his seat <laughs> and tells like the rest of the kids just to jump off. And Marco is now clear enough to hear Tennant growl at, not like growl in the low threatening voice mm -hmm. sense, uh, and is able to get, and Marco gets up onto this sort of like platform and like grabs hold of Axe and is just like, we're not really bus boys, we're just big fans. <laughs> Could we have an autograph? Which is some Mwah! love that quick thinking. Um yep. and it works because they get the autograph. Yep. And then they just melt into the crowd trying to avoid the yep. <laughs> uh, Marcel from the kitchen. Uh they get rid of their uniforms. So now they're just wearing their morphing clothes. Yeah, presumably. Um, <laughs> presumably. And they just share the one empty chair yep. at a table, one of <laughs> whom is possibly the town's mayor. Um, it's it's so it's, good. May we join you? There's only one chair. It's okay. We're very good friends. And he just sits down and yanks Axe down onto his lap. <laughs> and I'm here just like, poetic cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I don't have a problem with the silliness of this. I just wish it wasn't trying to happen at the same time as this yes. genuine, genuinely thoughtful look mm -hmm. at Marco's trauma. Mm -hmm. So, but no, instead we get Marco with Axe in his lap, acting as the thoughts speak go between. Mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, the kids, the rest of the kids are fleas underneath the guy's toupee. Yep. Uh, and he's Timmy, giving a speech. He's giving a he's speech. He's the guest of honor. 
Uh-huh. And <laughs> Marco's like, all right, well, now's the time to start biting. And all of the kids just bite him, presumably on the top of his head. And <laughs> every all of the kids are just like, this is just the gross, gross. maybe the grossest thing we've ever done. <laughs> um, but Tennant is able to hold his composure through the speech. Um, even though, like, the kids are quote-unquote biting as hard as they can. Uh, and Tennant gets, like, his award, says his speech, gets off the dais, um, and everyone goes home. The plan didn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. It, it just, <laughs> a totally failed plan. And they're just like, it should have worked. On any normal human, it would have worked. Would it, Jake? Would it have worked? <laughs> yes. Four fleas on someone's head would have made them go berserk on stage. Like, uh. So but then we have this great chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, Marco gets home um, and he doesn't care where his dad is. It's just like, he's just relieved his dad isn't there. He's in a bad mood. Um, he's annoyed that the situation went badly. That um, it, he's mad that his morphing wasn't under control because he knows that means his mind isn't under control. So he watches TV. He calls a bunch of people in a chat room. Morons. Um, kids don't go on the don't go online. Mad. Um, <laughs> goes down to the kitchen, needing cookies. Um, gets some milk. Um. And he's angry. And we get this moment of him, like, talking to the milk carton um, and, like, resenting people who might be, in his words, dumb enough to sign up for the sharing. Why should he get himself killed for people like that? Mm -hmm. Um, The milk carton does not have an answer for him. Um, But then the doorbell rings and uh it's cassie and mark is like what is happening and she's just like hi can i come in and just pushes her way into the house uh she turns off the tv looks at him and he's like what he's just and she's like you could offer me a cookie <laughs> <laughs> um and she steals his milk in a minute as well which is just some Mwah. this is being comfortable around somebody behavior mm-hmm. um but she's there to listen to him um, to give him an opportunity to talk. He's just like, so you got something to tell me? Oh, wait, no. He thinks she's there to tell him something at first. Mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm here to listen to you. And he's like, oh, well, you're a shrink. And I said, well, you were right when you said we couldn't go to a counsellor. Look, I'm fine. No, you're not. Everyone else bought it. Um, but she didn't. Something went wrong and she heard it in his thoughts speak. Um I sat down. I was sure I'd covered. I was sure. But of course, this was Cassie. Cassie who knows what people are feeling about five minutes before they do. Did you tell Jake? No, and I won't. Why not? What happened to it being everyone's concern? Because I want you to know you can trust me. You know, enough to talk to. Look, it's nice of you and all, but I know all the buts. We're all under pressure. We're all barely hanging on. And besides, you're a guy and the guy code is that you never talk about your feelings. And he grabs the cookies back. Who told you about the guy code? <laughs> That's top secret. Um, again, trying to diffuse with humor, as is a way. Meanwhile, she has taken the milk because he took the cookies. Um, 
And Cassidy lays it out. The um, Despite him trying to throw in quips to, like, diffuse things, she just doesn't let up and just points out, like, that Marco was the man of his house for two years and that no one was there to take care of him. Um, and well, I take care of myself. And again, Cassie like reaches out and like puts her hand on his arm and he, Cassie, does Jake know you're flirting with me? And she just doesn't rise to the bait. And she's just like laying it all out for him. And he's like, oh, so you think maybe that's stressful? And she's like, I think it would have crushed most people. That mission against Terra and Vissa 3, you were setting her up to take a fall. You were intimately involved with leading Vissa 1, your mother, into a trap. That, and then he cuts her off. And he has, it's framed like a flashback. Or it's him remembering what happened. And remembering about the aftermath and Rachel saying that she hadn't seen a body. And how she knew that she wasn't doing him any favours because it would be better to be certain. And he is, like, judging himself for what he did. It's like, what did I do? And it's Cassie that says to him, you're in a warm, Marco. You're here in your own living room eating cookies and watching TV and going to school on Monday, but you're in a war. Bad things have happened to you. Tobias isn't losing it. Axe isn't losing it. Look at them. They're both all alone. My God, Tobias isn't even human anymore. Marco, you don't know what they've gone through. They'd never tell you. Guy code, I said. And it doesn't matter what they feel anyhow, you know. You have to deal with what you feel. <laughs> and again, he's still trying to make jokes. because it's like, I feel like you drank my milk. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. Like, I, this isn't working. Um, and he feels bad that he's let her down because she's come over here to try and help him. And he says, oh, I'm feeling better. And she doesn't buy it. Um, and I'm just going to read, like, this last chunk of the chapter because I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look, Marco, don't talk to me if you don't want to. Don't even talk to Jake, even though he is your best friend. If you have to keep everything inside, I guess that's how you are, but you need to at least be honest with yourself. Okay, I said noncommittally. I'll do that. She got up, sighed, and headed for the door. Then she stopped. You know, at the clinic, we're always getting animals who are hurt or injured by humans, by jerks who shoot at them for no reason or try to burn them or whatever. And I used to get so mad. I just hated those people, and I'd feel like I was wasting my time because, you know, there's always some jerk with a 22. I'd rage about it. But my dad told me, deal with what is. I was confused. What's that mean? It means the animal is hurt. Help the animal. She came back over to me and took my hand. Or in your case, Marco, it means that the yurks are here, your mother is Rissa one, and your dad is lonely. None of that should be but it is.
It's, I love Cassie trying so hard to help Marco. Yeah. And I think it makes sense for Marco to be so resistant to that. Uh, I mean, he, he says it several times, you know, everyone has problems. Look at Tobias, look at Axe, they're alone and they're not cracking up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cassie's over here like, yeah, they are. You just don't see it. Um. I appreciate the within this, there is, although it's not called as such, but seeing how the toxic masculinity and the way that men are told that they shouldn't mm -hmm. feel things, or if they do, that they should bottle them up and not burden them on other people, mm -hmm. and to see the damage that that's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know Cassie is the heart of the group and that's sort of quite her role, but given the time and time again we've seen how similar uh, that she and Marco are, they're like two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. their, their approaches are different, but they're both incredibly insightful. Mm -hmm. So for it to be her that is the one um, we have this moment later, which we, we see a very different approach to handling Marco that is arguably more successful in the moment. But like mm -hmm. what Cassie's does in this chapter does have like implications and yeah. does help Marco. Yes. Like in the long run. 100%. Term, yeah. 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 It's a more, it, yeah. She's trying to heal him. Whereas what Jake does later is just trying to get him to function yeah. right this second. Yeah, get through the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's hard to be that level of compassionate with somebody that is trying to push you away. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's somebody you care about. And it's just like, I can see that you are struggling you don't have to struggle mm -hmm. or you don't have to struggle as much. Let me help you. No, I'm fine. You're not. Please let me help you. It, well, other people have it worse. That's not what I'm saying. Like I think we've mentioned before in, in previous episodes and also it's that mentality of not, I shouldn't complain about things because other people have it worse. Mm -hmm. It's just like, other people having bad things happening to them or having their own struggles does not minimize your feelings and the fact that your struggles are real. Yeah. And to be clear, that shit's hard to internalize when you're in your mid thirties. <laughs> so, <laughs> like yeah. I'm here just like, yeah. I shouldn't tell people that I'm feeling that. like, you can talk to me if you're having a hard time. I couldn't possibly do that. You can talk <laughs> to me, though. You're allowed to uh, express emotions and uh -huh. set down your mental burdens. No, not for me, though. <laughs> couldn't possibly. <clears throat> Compassion for everyone else. 
oneself. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yes. Especially because, and I suppose with that memory, like we've seen before and we continue seeing Marco does not like the way he thinks, like mm-hmm. more than any, any of the rest of the Animorphs. A, a lot of them deal with self-loathing, but it's not the same as the mm-hmm. way Marco does. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he thinks he deserves to suffer, but you can tell. There's also, I think, the implication here that if you're smart, you shouldn't have to, you should be able to deal with your shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're the leader. You're sup- like, they all have their own reasons. Like, oh, well, you're this one. So you should be able to deal with this. Yeah. And as somebody who has been told, oh, well, you're the, you're the logical one. You aren't supposed to get bogged down in the emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. That the bullshit light, left brain, right brain dichotomy, which is not a thing. Bullshit science. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get down that. I'll just get annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Myers Briggs is star signs for people that want to feel smart. It's fine if you enjoy them, but it is no more based in science mm-hmm. than astrology is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting deep in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's plan C. <laughs> plan C. Uh, this is so, ingenious. I love it's this. It's so good. It's so smart. I don't love it as much as Marco loves it. <laughs> but um, this is incredible. It's so this good. is so subtle mm-hmm. and just very. This is incredibly smart mm-hmm. because they know tenant's schedule in and out. And they know that every day he goes for a run along the beach and there are always people at the beach. Mm-hmm. And every day for days, he is in Morph as Euclid just hassling him, nipping at his ankles, barking, being an obnoxious little shit mm-hmm. and having a great time. <laughs> like enjoying like leaning into Euclid's rage at everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like that we get this perspective of this toy poodle that just wants to fight the world. Yeah. This is why you train your dogs, people. Yeah. It is uh Euclid is des- described as because at first we don't like we know that he's morphed the poodle from context clues but it's not described that way keen ear being able to smell yep sharp teeth long claws uh motor that could run run non-stop for hours without even a thought of tiring nose thousands of times more sensitive super keen ears uh but smelling the fear <laughs> on tenant. Mm-hmm. Um it's all the most horrifying uh, weapon of all, my uh-huh. voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And then we just get the visual of pouncing three feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. I bit into his shirt with my iron jaw and held on, making a swimming motion with my feet so my claws could scratch his bare legs and arms. 
stupid, Tennant screamed, along with a few other words I can't repeat, which was the same thing that happened when he got slammed in the face with the door, mm-hmm. um, which I approached just like, he was 10 times my size, a six foot tall human against a foot and a half long toy poodle, one well-placed kick or punch and he could have crushed my ribs or skull. But he couldn't do this. See, there were too many witnesses. Way too many people on the beach would be horrified to see the great animal lover William Roger Tennant beating a poor, innocent poodle to death. And there are people watching and laughing as this mm-hmm. six-foot guy is being tormented by a toy poodle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tennant's just like, I will kill you, and or um, <laughs> It's very good. And this continues for three days. 